Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Guys, Happy New Year. I seriously missed you all so much. I do not tell a lie when I say that doing this podcast is literally one of my favorite things out of everything that I do. It is the highlight of my week being with you guys. I don't think I'll ever have such a big break again. I think it's been almost a month. So it is so good to be back. I will give you a quick life update. Um, I'll give you a girl next door update, and then I'm going to launch into the conversation that I want to have with you today. Um, first, let me just say we've just come off the back of putting Youth Alive Conference online this year. So we did Wonderworld online. Um, it was amazing. We had youth groups obviously around Queensland and around Australia that all got together to watch that. So if you missed it, too late because it's offline now. We've actually taken it off, although we will put some of the highlight snippets back on. So make sure you do go along to our Youth Live QLD YouTube and like and subscribe. Um, so that was really fun. I um, had a really great team that helped pull that off. Anyway, life update. I've been on holidays. It's been really good. I actually, do you know, I was thinking about it. Cameron and I have ran conferences, either been a part of one or running the Youth Alive conference for the last 24 years, every January without fail. The only time we didn't was the year that we first moved to Queensland. And I thought we'd never run a conference again in January. And then Cameron's like, guess what? We're going to run a youth life conference. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there goes my Januaries. But I actually love it. But this January, we got to have a really big break because we didn't have to be back for conference. So we uh, holidayed with our best friends, which was awesome. So we had um, two weeks with them. And so honestly, I, I must say, I didn't want to come back. We, we really had a good time. It's really important to have people like that in your life. But however, I'm back now, ready, raring to go. I have a lot of vision and a lot of new ideas for Girl Next Door. So I'll give you a little bit of an update. I don't want to tell you everything that we're going to do, but just a few things. Firstly, as you know, we have a lot of what I call my secret or my closet guy listeners. And I've had a lot of guys that are like, Renee, can you just please officially make Girl Next Door for guys as well? So I've decided to do that. So I've just made a slight adjustment. Now, there might be times where I still do girl-specific or even male-specific episodes, but I find that everyone listens to those anyway. So I've simply changed one word in my bio. You know that this is a leadership podcast and I literally have changed one word, and that is a leadership podcast for those compelled to live an extraordinary life instead of for girls compelled to live an extraordinary life. Girls, I'm still here for you. It's still a leadership podcast for girls, but um, I want to be a bit more um, inclusive and do some stuff for the guys as well. So can I ask you a favor? Tag all the guys that you think might be interested in a leadership podcast send them the Instagram, send them a few episodes of Girl Next Door. That would be amazing. Another reason I wanted to do that is I've always been a female voice for all audiences. I've never, um, I've never been in a space where I've, you know, I'm 
having an impact just just on females, although that is an important part of who I am. But I think females can and should talk to both males and females. So as I've said in my previous podcasts, um, I've had many times where guys um, have told me, you know, you're so easy to listen to. You're one of my favorite female speakers, blah, blah, blah. So there you go. Guys, officially you're invited. Uh, So I guess then it's not just for the girls next door. It's for the guys next door. I'm the girl next door. Maybe that's probably how it will work. Uh, Thirdly, a big happy birthday to us here at Girl Next Door. We have done almost 40,000 downloads in our first year. And I had no expectation at all going into it. I probably didn't really, you know, I mean, I didn't want no listeners, but I think 40,000 has kind of over exceeded my expectation. Um, So I've got you to thank for that. And I'm believing that we can um, more than double that this year. Um, And again, that comes from you guys sharing the good news of Girl Next Door. Fourthly, overwhelmingly, people have asked me to address parenting. Um, so I floated it out there and I got hundreds of responses and 97% of you were really keen. Uh, so what I'm thinking of doing is I don't want to change these Wednesdays. These Wednesdays are going to continue to be the same as what I did all of last year, but I want to add another day. I'm not quite sure what day that might be yet where I want to adjust, um, I want to address all things parenting. So if you don't want to listen to that other day, you don't have to. But can I just say that my parenting journey actually started long before I had kids? I would actually seriously encourage you to listen, even if you are not even married or you're married, you don't have kids. If you don't have kids at all, I still would listen. I used to watch ask questions and learn about parenting right back when I was probably 19 or 20. I've always been really intentional about parenting, even before I had kids, because I knew I wanted kids and I wanted to do it well. So I'd actually encourage you to be the same. I think there were a few 18, 19 year olds that were like, no, I'm not interested. But you know what? I reckon maybe get interested. You might file things away for later. And to be honest, I don't know, do you agree? There's so many naughty kids out there running their parents' lives instead of the other way around. So maybe some good parenting advice is needed. Funnily enough, too, I've actually had a lot of the kids' teachers at school and even my chiropractor, none of whom are Christians, by the way, going, can you please address parenting? So there you go. Um But what I am going to do with parenting, I'm going to stay within the scope of of my experience. And of course, my oldest is nearly 20. So I'm going to be addressing everything from newborn through to 20, only because I feel like that's, you know, I don't want to speak outside of my experience. Okay. Um, Also, I've got a few other plans up my sleeve, but I will share those as they're more developed. So I don't want to give too much away, but needless to say, there's more good news coming. All right. So today I wanted to, for the very first one of the year, talk about the conversation that actually changed my life. And I think from memory, I must have been about... 23 or 24, I think, when I had this conversation. 
And looking back, it actually was the conversation that Girl Next Door came out of. And actually the bio that I read to you before came out of this conversation. This conversation became the measurement by which I determined every decision of my life after this. And I really felt to share it with you guys because it has formed the basis of so much about how I've gone about my life, like even how I've parented my kids, um, who I've let speak into my life, just, just everything. So I remember I was young, like I said, I think I was about 23, 24, and I was doing a lot. I was really busy. So I was full-time teaching Plus, I had a pretty big leadership role in our church. Now, by then, I wasn't with teenagers. I was with young adults, and I ran a really large connect group, and I also was assistant to the regional pastors. Um, now, you've got to remember, our church was really big as well, so that was a pretty big role in itself, but don't forget, I was full-time teaching, okay? So it was pretty full-on, and I think from memory... I'd just gotten married. Cameron and I had just gotten married. So I had a lot on my plate. I was juggling a lot. And I started to get quite overwhelmed. And I remember going to my pastor, who was Russell at the time, which I think I've told you guys that a million times. And I said to him, look, I think I want to step down from my leadership roles or at least kind of you know, scale it back because I'm doing too much. I've got a paid job that I'm obviously responsible for first and foremost. And I was beginning to wonder what was all the point in doing all of this volunteer work anyway. But there was a real wrestle in my heart when I went to him because I also felt something in my soul, which I couldn't articulate at the time. But I guess looking back, it was the fact that I knew that God was preparing me for something big in my life. But I just was really struggling with how to fit it all in. And I went to him and I said, I can't do it. And I want to step out of my leadership roles or at least scale them back majorly. And he looked at me and this is what he said. And I will never forget it. He said, Renee, do you want to be ordinary or extraordinary? do you want to be like Sam, who he knew I loved and looked up to, or like so-and-so, and he named someone else who he knew I didn't really particularly look up to, not in a leadership sense. And he had me right there. I did not expect him to answer me that way. In fact, it was the smartest thing that he could have said. But to be honest, it actually made me mad at the same time because I wanted him to sympathize. I wanted him to agree with me. I wanted him to say, you know what? You're right. You are full-time teaching. You've just got married. You're doing all this stuff at church. You need to learn to balance your life. You've got to rest. You've got to do this. I expected him to agree with me. I never expected him to throw back a question back at me. Do you want to be ordinary or extraordinary? And I was mad with him because I felt like, of course, he knew what I was going to answer. And I felt like he'd cornered me. But what he did was he put the responsibility for my life back on me. He made me responsible for where my life was going. He didn't say, yes, step down. He didn't also say, no, you aren't stepping down. You're not stepping back. What he did, he appealed to the God call that he knew tugged at my heart. 
And he also at the same time confirmed yet again what he and Sam had done for years in my life. And that was that they believed in me and they constantly just breathed life into that call of God. Do I want to be ordinary or do I want to be extraordinary? He had me cornered. Of course, I wanted to be extraordinary. I remember praying prayers as a young teenager where I was so desperate for God to use my life for something significant that I literally would pray. This is how I would pray, God, I would rather die than just live ordinary. Can I just address for a minute what I mean, though, by living ordinary compared to living extraordinary? Living an extraordinary life to me, it simply means walking in the purpose and the call for which God put me on this earth, okay? And it's the same with you. For you to live an extraordinary life, it's simply to walk in the purpose and the call for which you've been put on this planet. And I knew in my heart of hearts, as much as I love teaching, and I still love teaching, and it's been a big part of my whole life, I knew that I was also called to do other things and to do more. I knew that I was called to preach, I knew that I was called to pastor. I knew that I was called to something um, significant. And, and of course, looking back, I didn't know at the time that that would have been Youth Alive and then running a church. And obviously with Youth Alive, we don't just run the state, we run the nation. That was in my heart before I could articulate it. I knew that there was something in my heart that if I gave up all of my leadership roles and I purely went to teaching that that was not what God wanted me to do, that that would be me taking the ordinary path for my life. Now, some people might be called to full-time teaching and that is your extraordinary, but I knew for me that there were other things, although teaching has been a huge part. Ordinary to me is living my own way, satisfying my needs, my wants, my desires. The ordinary way is often the easier way. But extraordinary is living God's way. And I really felt to share that with you at the start of 2021 because that is why I called this podcast The Girl Next Door because I am an ordinary girl who's come from a very ordinary background that God has just breathed into and turned my life into extraordinary. And I wanted to start a podcast for girls and now guys who feel to do the same. And that's why it's a leadership podcast, because you are ruined for ordinary. You know that there's a call of God upon your life and you want to outwork that. You know, the conversation didn't finish there. I said to him very meekly, because I was mad, well, extraordinary, of course, like as if I'm going to answer anything else, but I'll never forget the next words that he said to me. He said to me, well then, Renee, it's going to take extraordinary obedience and extraordinary sacrifice. I didn't really like hearing those words at the time. And by the way, I'm not saying that there aren't times where you should pull back and be balanced and be sensible. But I knew even as I was having that conversation with him and asking him if I could step down, I knew that there was a wrestle in my heart because I knew that there was more that God had put me on the planet for. And It at that moment literally was me being at a crossroad where God was saying, are you willing 
to live a life of extraordinary obedience and extraordinary sacrifice. And sometimes that means it takes hard work. They're two very unsexy words, obedience and sacrifice, but they are two life-changing words. And they're two words that not many people are willing to live by. But if you have stayed with me this far into the conversation, if you are someone that listens to this podcast, I would dare say that you are someone who is willing to live by those words, obedience and sacrifice. Those two words are uncomfortable, but I have lived by them ever since. They have guided every decision that I have made. Let me tell you some of the decisions that they've guided. For example, I remember preaching on stages twice, fully pregnant. I remember I was pregnant with Liam. The first, uh, I had Georgia first, but I remember being pregnant with Liam and I remember um, being asked to preach. It was Mother's Day and I was asked to preach on Mother's Day. And I literally was going in to have a cesarean on the Monday and this was the Sunday. And I said, yes, but I was a bit uncomfortable. I probably looked extremely big up there with my big stomach, but I'm like, God, I'm in for any, anything, any opportunity you give me, I will do the hard road. I will say yes. And I remember preaching that day, fully pregnant and literally had the cesarean the next day. I remember going on a youth camp, fully pregnant with Ashton. And I can't even remember what day it was. I think that was on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I was scheduled to have him on the Friday. And I actually went into labor early. Now, mind you, I had healthy pregnancies, okay? So I'm not talking about taking silly health decisions here, but I had healthy pregnancies. And I said yes to God. We were leading the youth ministry by them. That's why I never missed church when I had one kid, then two kids, then three kids, even though sometimes it would have been easier to stay in bed, to stay in our pajamas, to not just go to church in the morning, but I would go back again with my three kids in the afternoon because I wanted to live an extraordinary life and I wanted them to learn to do the same. And so we always put God and the house of God first. This is why I said yes to leaving everything that I knew and moving from Adelaide to Queensland, where I went from having such a big support network and we had a great job and we were in a massive church that we absolutely loved and we left everything and everyone we knew to come here to Queensland because we knew that we were called to take the extraordinary path. And that's why we said yes to starting a church from scratch with 11 people in our lounge room, because to live the extraordinary is to take the path less traveled, to take the path. That was my dog crying in her sleep, by the way. That's what it means to be extraordinary. These are all decisions that I've made over the years because that conversation that I had when I was 23, 24 still resonates in my brain to this day. Ordinary does not interest me. I want to live an extraordinary life and I will do what it takes. I will obey. I will sacrifice. It's also the way that we've raised our kids. We've taught them to look for God over good, to hunger after why God put them here. In fact, we even moved them 
to a different youth ministry because of this. We wanted them to be in a leadership environment that would teach them that they were not just put here to live a good life, but to live a God life. We wanted them underneath leadership who would see them with prophetic eyes and give them vision about their future, who would believe in them and speak life over them, just like Russell and Sam used to do for me who wouldn't just inspire them to have a really nice Instagram account or a good boyfriend or a nice life. We wanted them to hunger not for good, but for God. Good is actually the enemy of God. And you know why? Because good, good is good, right? Like who doesn't want to go for something that's good? But there's a difference between something being just good and something actually being a God plan, a God call, a God decision. Ordinary is the enemy of extraordinary. You know, if I have one life to live, if you have one life to live, why don't we make it spectacular? What is spectacular? I'm not talking about famous I'm not talking about being well-known or having a big church or meeting the right people or being in the green rooms. It's doing every last thing that God has put you and me on this planet for. It's doing every last thing that He asks us to do, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how seemingly insignificant. That's what it is to live a God life, to live an extraordinary life. Now, there were moments like back then, When I wanted to shout out, I've changed my mind. You know, everything within me wanted to say to Russell, ah, I I just think I'll take ordinary because I was tired and it was too hard. And, you know, I was sick of always being the leader in the room or sometimes we get hurt or someone disappoints us. But every time that I'm tempted, I remember that conversation 20 years ago. Renee, do you want ordinary or do you want extraordinary? And my answer has been the same as what it was that day. You know, the only way to live extraordinary is to put God in the center of everything, to put him in the center of the friends you choose, the church you go to, the study that you do, the career that you um, that you undertake. It, it's putting God in the center of where you live, It's putting God in the center of who it is. That's the love of your life, who you should marry, because the person that you marry shouldn't just be a good person or a nice choice. It's the most important decision of your life because it's the person you will partner with in life, in love, and in building God's kingdom together. I say that to my kids. Don't just marry someone who's a good person or a nice person. Marry the person that God's put on this planet for you to build his kingdom with. The only way to live extraordinary is to say yes to God over and over and over, even when it doesn't make sense, even when saying no is easier, even when you're tired, even when you feel like you're the only one going on the pathway, the path less traveled. Be willing to risk the usual. Don't allow ordinary life to interest you. In fact, Extraordinary people stand up to extraordinary struggle. They have grit and resilience. Be the game changer. Be the kind of person that redefines everything that you thought you knew about amazing. So at the start of this year, this brand new year, 2021, 
let me remind you of who you are, that you are loved by God. You've been put on this planet for a very specific purpose that only you can fulfill. And you might be listening to me and you don't even have a relationship with God. Like you, you might listen to a lot of the stuff that I say, but you don't necessarily have my God worldview. Can I just say you still, whether you know it or not, have been put on this earth for a purpose and for a reason. Your extraordinary, by the way, is going to look different to my extraordinary, and it's going to change with the seasons. And, um, you know, I look at all the different seasons in my life and, and living the extraordinary has looked quite different from season to season. Um, it might be right now for you to finish that uni degree. Stop dilly-dallying around and changing your mind and deferring and withdrawing because of COVID. Go get it done. Get it done spectacularly. I think I want to just grab every young person who I know pulled out a study over COVID and just shake you and go, guys, it is the best time to study. When COVID started, I said to Georgia, don't even think about deferring uni. You're home for however many weeks. This is the best time. That is the road of extraordinary. You don't give up or give in or step back or shrink back. You know, it might be that your season of extraordinary right now is to be that stay-at-home mom and invest in your kids and be there and sacrifice that wage if you can. I did that for 10 years. For 10 years, I was a stay-at-home mom and everything else worked around that. And that was my extraordinary. It might be to say yes to that job, no to that relationship, or the other way around. It might be to go to your youth pastor or your senior pastor and say, hey, I'm in this year. What can I do? It might be uncomfortable. It might be something like God's calling you to move states or whatever it is. But I just want to encourage all of us who are listening today that you are not called for ordinary, that you are called for extraordinary. So can I encourage you to maybe do something that I do at the start of every year? I don't do New Year's resolutions. I'm not that kind of person because I know I won't keep them because I'll do things like don't eat chocolate. And then within 24 hours, I'll probably eat chocolate. But what I do do is at the start of every year, I do, um, it's almost like a mind map, I guess, where I write down the year in the middle with a teacher cloud. And then around it, I just start writing down the things that I want to see happen in my life this year. I do it for Um, I do it for for Youth Alive, for the Academy, for our church, for our kids, and also for myself. And I just literally brainstorm on paper all of the things that I want to see. And do you know, I've done this for years now and do things that are, you know, um, do, I mean, do ordinary things, but, but put some things in there where it's like, oh my gosh, this is extraordinary. Like I put some stuff down this year about the podcast that I want to see God really do. And so I encourage you and challenge you to do that because every year that I've done that, I look back and I am amazed at what God has done in my life and through my life. And so why don't you get a brand new journal, write down 2021 in the middle and start brainstorming all the different things that you want to see in your life this year and start putting things down that take faith, that stretch um, stretch your your ability to believe that they could happen like in the natural. And so um, I've done that. And so I would encourage you to do the same. 
Excellent. All right. Well, I, I, um, I'm super excited that we're going to do these parenting mini series as well. So, uh, keep posted for that. Make sure that you come and, um, say hi to me as per usual on my Instagram. And remember, if you could please send this to the guys, you know, tag the guys, you know, um, if you could, uh, subscribe and rate the podcast as well, that really, really helps, especially at the moment with, um, I don't know if you know what's happening, you know, particularly in America, but just a lot of free speech that's starting to be uh, censored. And I've noticed it in a few different areas, even on my personal Instagram, um, because I do sometimes talk about controversial things. But the more you guys like and subscribe, the more it pushes the podcast um, to the top and keeps it away from any of the big tech trying to kind of keep it away or censor anything. So that would be amazing. Anyway, guys, smack bang almost on half an hour. I love you so much. I cannot wait to be with you next week. See you later. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.com.